0: Christmas, the kids, the Sunday school. You guys have fun over there. Adults, we're going to have fun today. We're going to look at the Word of God. It's going to be a good time. Let me give you some announcements, though. Ladies, next Saturday at 6.30 p.m., I think most of you know it, you are having a how to study the Bible class. There's a lady that she's going to do it. It's going to be Zoom. So she's not going to actually physically be here, but it's, it's still really cool. There's some books and stuff like that. I think maybe some of them have been ordered and everything. So it's just some tips on how to study the Bible. So if you have been uh, trying to learn how to study the Bible, or maybe you're like, you pick up the Bible and you're like, oh my word, all I find is the big ads. (laughs) Boy, you open up Matthew chapter one and the first part of it, you like get confused real quick. Like what's with the, What's with all these like? And this person had this person, and this person begat this person, and you're like, oh my word! (laughs) This may be a good class for you, because like even still, sometimes that trips me up. I feel like I should be there for it. So, (laughs) Um, but uh, this Saturday, 6:30 p.m., ladies, if you want to be there for it, you'll want to be here, and uh, it'll be great. I believe that. And then next Sunday, everybody say next Sunday. Next Sunday. Sunday. Say pie day. Pie day. day. Yes, pie day. day. Bring a pie. bring a pie that you make it yourself yeah. I mean I told I told uh, Jim asked me he's like so what if I go and get a homemade pie from someone I was like sounds homemade to me I was like what if I just go buy a pie from the store and I Girl. smoke it <laughs> I gotta figure something out I said so there's a sign up sheet out there sign up put your your pie and your name on there and then um I think like I just was thinking about this I was gonna Maybe get some, like, other food, too. I was thinking about it, like, this morning. I was like, hey, we should do some, like, hot dogs. So we've got some hot dogs. I'm going gonna to put those in there just in case, you know, like you're hungry after church and you need, a, you need a snack before the pie or something, or maybe after the pie, you're like, oh, I need something savory to go with it. There'll be some hot dogs there to eat too. So I just thought of that this morning. And so Joe had nothing to do with you. Joe it. he's been excited about pie day, right Joe? <laughs> if, you, if you remember a couple, well, probably a couple months ago, I had Joe come up here and he, I had him preach a sermon on pie and uh banana cream pie i was like you want to know jesus you need to know jesus like joe knows banana cream pie (laughs) we're excited about jesus right amen (laughs) um um and then that's that's next sunday next sunday is also uh pentecost sunday um so i'll talk more about that next sunday and a little bit today but um when you're uh when you're going through the week be praying god touch us Touch, touch me this week, God. I pray that you'd move in my life, God. I want to experience your fire in my life just like they did in the Bible. And uh, just be in prayer. And I, I, was, I, uh, I was gonna say this. I think next week will be the end of the series, God's Redeeming Rescues. I think I've been doing it so far now for like 12 or 14 uh, weeks. And uh, so I'm gonna end that. We're gonna go into something else. But uh, I do have some things that I'm gonna hand out today to help you with continuing to read um, some of those rescues that I didn't get to talk about because there's probably more rescues that uh, I haven't talked about than what I have talked about. So, um, also, young adults, this Wednesday at 5.30 p.m., where will it be? The park, which park? City Park, okay, the one with the band show. <laughs> wow, it like you were questioning. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> Don't ask me details. <laughs> Don't let us don't let anyone know when we're gonna have it. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, if you are between the ages of 18 and 30, 28, somewhere in there, come 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 and uh, hang out, uh Ashley and Brenna. They've been doing a Bible study. I think they just started a new one again. Yeah, so it's a perfect time, perfect time to step in and go. So it's it's open, guys and girls, you know. So have fun. So We've been in this series, God's Redeeming Rescues, and uh, before I get started, I'm going to pray. Um, God, I pray you'd touch us today. I pray that you'd move in this place, God, that you would strengthen each and every one of us. God, I pray that you'd touch me, anoint, my, uh, anoint me today, God, to preach your word. God, I pray that you'd touch us in Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right. So if you would like notes, you can go to myhope.life forward slash sermons, and you'll be able to open up... up and you'll be able to put them in your uh, Uversion Bible app. If you don't have the Uversion Bible app, um, it'll open up in a website for you. But there is a button right there that you can click, and it'll give you the notes for today. Um, But before I get started, um, my hope throughout this series is that maybe you have identified, as I've been going, some stories that make you want to study the Bible a little bit more. There's so many exciting things in the Bible, and I feel like one of the things that we miss a lot of times is actually reading the Bible and being excited by the Word of God. It should not bore you. It should excite you. And sometimes to not be bored by it, you have got to learn some of the stuff and the stories in the Bible that you can read to excite you. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of redemption in the Bible. There's a lot of things that are there for God to, to touch your life. But if you never read the Bible, boy, I'll tell you what. It will be really hard to function in this day and age as a Christian if you don't actually study the Word of God. So I can't be the answer, right? There's so much more. I will. I have answers sometimes. A lot of times I'll be like, I don't know. I wish I knew. Um, I can't be the answer. A 30-second prayer up here isn't going to be probably the answer that you were looking for. God can deliver in 30 seconds, but we make the decision to go back to bondage. And so when I make the decision to read his word and study his word, Mm -hmm. that's what keeps me free because if I don't constantly unleash the sword, Mm -hmm. I'm going to struggle and sometimes I'm going to find myself back in the mess that I left myself. So we've looked at so many exciting stories through the Old Testament and there's still more. And so I wrote this little thing right here. I'm going to pass these out, and then they'll be out there in the entryway. Someone want to come help me pass these out? Okay, here you go. Here you go. Make sure everybody has one. There's just a few stories on there that you might be interested in reading. Um, Like the story of the widow's oil, 2 Kings chapter 4. Man, that is one of I wanted to preach that one. That's one of the stories. And I'll probably preach it in the near future. Um, Or the story of the old prophet, and that one was new to me but it's in 1 Kings chapter 13, and it's really cool. I t- and, and Thank you. You heard the, yeah, like, that's where, like that one was new to me. <laughs> um, and sometimes, it, that's what's so, so exciting about the Bible is you can read something over and over again and completely miss it, and then you read it again, or someone talks about it, and you're like, wow, I didn't even know that was there. Mm-hmm. So um, then there's the story of Samson, starting in Judges chapter 13, And then Daniel chapter six gives you the story of Daniel in the lion's den. And uh, so reading the Bible and finding these stories like these are some of the ways that I encourage myself. Mm -hmm. I I need to be encouraged by what God has. So today we're in the New Testament. And uh, I will tell you this, if you read these stories that I've given you and you're like, oh, I'm excited. I need more. Please ask me and I'll make a whole nother list of more stories. I'll put some of the New Testament stories in there and some, of the, some more of the Old Testament stories. I didn't even get to like, I think it's like First Kings 18 where Elijah is on the mountain and then he like, he, he calls down fire from heaven it consumes the rocks and it consumes the cow and it consumes the altar like everything in the water and I'm and he's like mocking the prophets of Baal while they're over there like cutting themselves he's like hey maybe your god's taking a vacation maybe you need to shout louder maybe because he's on a trip you know you need to shout I'm like this isn't the bible like come well, on there's so many what about the story we where like where, where, where David cuts the hymn of uh, Saul's garment off like I'm not even going to get into the details there, but when it talks about like some of the stuff, like when you read it, you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that's in the Bible. (laughs) I'm telling you, there's so many cool things in the Bible, and you've got to be excited about it. Otherwise, you're going to struggle in your growth if you don't go to the Word of God. And so I want to encourage you to read the Bible, because it's going to help you. It's going to strengthen you. Betty, what she said today goes hand in hand, but sometimes, I know the struggle, you get into the Bible, and you're like, I don't know what to read. You open up, and you're like, what should I read? And you're like, let's see what I opened up to. First Kings chapter 16. Now the word of the Lord came to Jehu, son of Hanai, against Baasha, And, like, at that point, you're like, you can't even get the words right because I know I'm not pronouncing them right. And you're like, I'm going to give up on this. Because I raised you up from the dust and made you ruler over my people Israel. But you have walked away in the ways of Jeroboam and caused my people Israel to sin, angering me with their sins. Take note, I will eradicate Basha, and this house, and I will make your house like the house of Jeroboam, son of Nebat. And so like, yeah, there's some good stuff in there, but you don't know the context of this. You're like, I don't know who Jeroboam was. Well, if you were here a couple of weeks ago, you know who Jeroboam was. Because <laughs> I read that story, <laughs> parts of it. <laughs> so if you weren't here, you have to go back and listen to it. Because <laughs> I'm not going to read it again today. <laughs> we're in the New Testament today. And there's so many exciting stories in the New Testament, and I'm not going to get to touch on all of them. Last week, Rochelle uh, talked about the woman with the issue of blood and, and how, in the end, Jesus calls her daughter. She wasn't identified by him as the problem. She, I, he identified her as what he saw her as. And while we were on, while he was on the cross, he was there for you and I. He was was looking down and seeing that he loved you and he cares about you and that you don't have to continue in the same life that you've been there. So we have redemption all throughout the New Testament. And so we're going to look at the model that Jesus left us to overcoming temptation today. And my title today, I actually have a title for this one today. It's called The Ministry of the Flesh and the Spirit. And as I was going throughout this week, I started realizing that there is a ministry of the flesh, and it is Satan. He wants, to, he wants to sway you. He wants to minister to your flesh. He does not minister to your spirit because he knows if he can get your flesh, he's got your soul. That's right. So whenever I, when I looked at this, I started thinking about this, like we see a great model, and we're going to get into that here in just a few minutes of what Jesus did. But then you have the ministry of the spirit. So let's define some of these things. I'm going to have you, um, I'm going to read Matthew chapter 26, 40 through 43. It says, Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. He asked Peter, So couldn't you stay awake with me one hour? Stay awake and pray so that you won't enter into temptation? The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. How many of you have been that before? I have been in prayer before and I have fallen asleep. It's, you know what, and it's, it's, it's okay here and there, like, but, but like, can't you like tarry for just a little while? Jesus is like, come on, man, keep it together. What's your problem? <laughs> Stop going to sleep. You're like, like you, you don't realize what's about to happen, do you? <laughs> so again, a second time he, he went and prayed, my father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And he came again and found them sleeping because they could not keep their eyes open. Mm -hmm. Hell, I've been there. Sometimes it's driving down the road. Can't keep my eyes open. (laughs) Pull over, take a nap. (laughs) It's the same thing in our life, though. If I'm driving down the road and I'm falling asleep, I should probably pull over, take a detour, you know, and, and actually deal with myself for just a moment. The reality is the same in our spiritual life. We just get on autopilot, and we've fallen asleep at the wheel, Come on. and and you know like there's that song as he was carry underwear. Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> you're you're saying Jesus take the wheel, but really who's got your wheel is Satan, and he's messing with you. So what does it mean that our flesh is weak? So our flesh is weak, and we be and, and we become prey to the enemy if we do not strengthen the spirit. So these go hand in hand. Ministry of the flesh is. Is, is so common, I think sometimes we don't think about it. And I would say, you're not going to open up your Bible and you're going to find the phrase, ministry of the flesh, It's okay? And you're probably not going to find the phrase, the ministry of the Spirit, in the, in the Bible, but you will see that the Spirit ministers to us. Right. And so, what is spiritual ministry? Well, we've talked about this. Reading your Bible, that is feeding the Spirit. Prayer, that's feeding the Spirit. Um, fasting, going without, uh, is feeding the spirit going to church can be a great way to feed the spirit because you get surrounded with like-minded people have you ever been around people that 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 you know are you you, we've all go we all go to work and we all have people that you know they they (laughs) you know you know sometimes we just have people that just like get under the skin i mean like (laughs) lord teach me to love this person like i like this is one thing i told my wife i was like one day i was like you know, I was like, I can't, I, sometimes I just, whenever I get a person in my life that I just, like, don't know how to handle, I'm just like, God, teach me how to work with this person. Like, teach me, teach me through this. And, and sometimes he does, and sometimes I'm like, oh, Lord, stop teaching me. I'm sick and tired of this lesson. <laughs> you all have those people in your life. I'm just up here saying it in front of you, okay? Yeah, I'm a human too, okay? <laughs> all right, then we have um, listening to worship music scripture memorization boy if there is anything that i can encourage you to do and you may struggle with it and i understand that's okay but if you can learn some scriptures yes when the enemy comes in like a flood Mm -hmm. he will raise up a standard against it like that's a scripture like it's something that like i don't even know how i didn't like memorize it i just like heard it a lot there's probably more to it i'm probably quoting it out of context but you should check it out like someone tell me where that scripture is found Oh I thought you like already had it out. I was like, wow, you go, man. I Joe's pulling it up for me. He's gonna tell us where that scripture's found. Oh, you're not? Oh <laughs> come on, Michelle. Notes. Google those fingers. <laughs> it's so good, notes. <laughs> go ahead and laugh. It's okay. <laughs> we can have fun. <laughs> Where's that scripture from? Okay. Isaiah fifty nine nineteen. Isaiah fifty nine nineteen. It's a good scripture for you to memorize. Um, so let's go on. Let's, let's, let's look at this passage here in Acts chapter 1, uh, 4 through 8. It says, while he was with them, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait. So when I put this in my notes, I, I highlighted this word right here because it's a word that we forget a lot, wait. I highlighted wait because we struggle with the wait part. But there's a scripture that I'm going to read later that talks about as we draw near to God, he draws near to us. Mm -hmm. That's going to take a lot of this right here. I'm going to have to be willing to wait so that God can minister, right? I'm going to have to be willing to stay in his presence. So, but to wait for the father's promise, which he said, you have heard me speak about for John baptized with water. And then I highlighted this, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. In a few days i highlighted that one because that's a good thing so if i wait his spirit can touch my life let's go on to verse six it says so when they had come together they asked him lord are you restoring the kingdom to israel at this time now, a couple of weeks ago i talked about ezekiel 37 ezekiel 37 is right here what they were saying they're like so is this it is, is israel being restored at this time and this is what he says to them in verse seven it says It is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority. And I highlighted, it is not for you to know times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority. Don't try and figure out when, where, and what. Just let God be God and you follow his will. All right. Verse 8, it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you. And you will be, what what do I have his spirit for? You will be my witnesses. So I need his spirit so that I can be his witness. Yes. I want to be a witness to the people that are here in the city. And so he says that you will be my witness in Jerusalem in all Judea and Samaria. And I highlighted the ends of the earth. We'll just call that Detroit Lakes. Okay. I mean, I'm not saying that this is the ends of the earth, but like, I mean, like it's, it's here, like it's a long ways away from Jerusalem, right? Like where it started. So we'll call this the ends of the earth, (laughs) Uh, but it's everywhere. Okay. So the ministry of the spirit empowers us to be witnesses. So a couple of weeks ago, I made a statement. I said, I would, I question the salvation of a person who has never changed. And this isn't for me to pass judgment on you. That's not what I'm doing when I say that. But if there is no fruit in our life of the Spirit, how is there something to measure God actually working on me? If there's no fruit, there should be fruits of the Spirit in your life. If you don't know what that is, come and ask me after church, and I will get you the scriptures to read. I think it's in Galatians. Um, So the ministry of the Spirit empowers us to be witnesses. So when I come in contact and I am filled with God's spirit, it changes me. The ministry of the kingdom then becomes part of my daily marching order. I I want to serve God. I want to do what he has for me, and I want to share the gospel with every person I come in contact with because it's the one thing that has changed my life. So I'm thankful for the gospel of Jesus Christ. So let's talk about the ministry of the flesh. It robs you of God's goodness. Every time you give way to the ministry of the flesh, it will rob you of your joy, of your peace, of your long suffering, of your joy. It's going to rob you of these things. Why? Because the one thing Satan wants to steal from you is all the things that are for your spirit, right? Those are some of the fruits of the spirit that I just read, that I just, that I just mentioned. And I know I don't have them all self-control, things like that. And, and here we go. This is how he does it. Literally anything you allow yourself to be given over to. Anything that you give yourself over to and exalt above him has now become your God. And, and we have got to watch ourselves because what do I exalt above God a lot? Me, my will, my way, my pride, right? My arrogance, anything we exalt before God. What about addiction? Why, is, why, would, why would I call that a God? Because anything we need to get by becomes our God. I I don't want to have an addiction to anything other than Jesus Christ. If there was an addiction that I could sell you today, I would deal you hope from Jesus Christ. That's what I would give you because it's what will change your life. It's what will break the bonds. So what else? Fornication, murder, gossip. And here's my favorite one. That just like, whenever it was written, I was like, the Lord knew. It says, inventors of evil. I'm like, whoa, wow. And Inve- like, like God was like, when, when Paul was pinning Romans chapter 1, he was like, God was like, yeah, just go ahead and throw inventors of evil in there too. Because the heart is deceitfully wicked. And in Jeremiah 17, 9 through 10, it says, the heart is more deceitful than anything else and incurable. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, examine the mind. I test the heart to give each according to his way, according to what his action deserves. What does your action deserve today? Man, I'll tell you what my action deserves. I deserve to be in hell. I do. I've made some mistakes in my life, but I know that if, I, if, if God come back today, I know that while I should be convicted for what I've done, God has already paid the price for me so that I can be redeemed by his mercy and his grace. So when we give into temptation, we strengthen our flesh and weaken our spirit. Every one of you have thoughts and intents in your heart that make you feel good. Like, you exalt yourself sometimes. Like, let's, I'm not, I'm not saying that you, like, we just do, okay? Like, I make mistakes. I I, I stumble. I fail. So what makes the difference is having a repentant heart. Repentance yes. is not a bad thing. Repentance yes. is such a good thing. Oh no, God, I am sorry for what I've done. Help me to change. God help me to be different than what I was. Repentance is a process, not a phrase that you say in prayer. That's right. Repentance is something. It's a turning away. I repent. So, let's continue on. So, everyone has thoughts and intents, right? We don't do it because just because it makes us feel good. Because we're in relationship with God. I don't want to sin because I'm in relationship with God. However, mess up sometimes. Let me read this love from James 4, 6, 4, 16 through 17. It says, But as it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So it is sin to know the good and yet not do it. If you know what sin is, and I feel like I'm pretty clear, like the Bible is pretty evident on what sin is, if you engage in that and you know that it's wrong, you are sinning. If you know that what you're doing doesn't please God, there you go. You're in sin. There's some things that are listed in the Bible. I don't read those here in just a minute, but I just want you to know this is coming from a person that should be a convicted sinner. I've struggled with addiction, I told you last week about, or two weeks ago, about struggles with porn when I was younger. And even as an adult, like the thoughts come and rage in your mind and and what do you do? And Jesus says, like, if you look on a woman and you lust after her, like, you've already committed adultery in your heart. And you're like, dear Lord, I can't even walk outside. Just pick out my eyeballs. (laughs) The struggles of a man, okay? You've got to learn to put the guards up on your eyes and guard your heart. Otherwise, you just go ahead and actively and continue in sin. So guys that are in the place, listen, it's important that you guard your eyes, that you guard your heart, that you don't allow yourself to get in there. So this, everything that I say is coming from someone that should be convicted, but I've been saved by the grace of God. And if you are struggling with things in your life, you don't have to continue in that. If you're struggling with addiction, you don't have to continue in that. God can change you. Just because it makes you happy does not give you the right to engage in it. Because if I'm bought with a price, then I have a purpose. And my purpose is to bring glory to God, not myself. And so in doing that, I'm going to follow what God wants for my life because I've been bought with a price. Because he saw the intrinsic value of who I was and who you were. And so because we're bought with a price, we follow him. Uh, I think Paul referenced it to being, I've become a slave of Christ or a slave of righteousness and he was liking it to a good thing so Romans chapter 1 verse 26 through 32 just so that we're clear on this it says for this reason God delivered them over to disgraceful passions their women exchanged natural sexual relations for unnatural ones the men in the same way also left natural relations with women and were inflamed in their lust for one another Men committed shameless acts with men and received in their own person the appropriate penalty of their error. And because they did not think it worthwhile to acknowledge God, God delivered them over to a corrupt mind so that they do what is not right. They are filled with unrighteousness, evil, greed, and wickedness. They are full of envy, murder, quarrels, deceit, and malice. They are, they are gossips, slanderers, God-haters, arrogant, proud, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents. Lord, parents, you need to say amen in here. Like, yes, when you're disobedient, children, <laughs> it's sin. <laughs> Although they know God's just sentence, that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but even applaud others who practice them. I've been in a plotter of evil before. I've messed up. And that is essentially putting your stamp of approval on all those things saying, it's okay. Look, I know that those scriptures maybe don't sit well with every single person that's in the place. Here's the reason why. It's because every single one of us have this predisposition to sin. Some of you maybe want to be murderers. I hope God, please don't. <laughs> maybe some of you are slanderers, maybe arrogant, maybe proud, uh, fornicators, boastful. Maybe you're an inventor of evil. And I know that there are some of these things that resonate with me, that that is what I could be. But I see it here, and it's not pleasing to God. And I don't want to give myself over to God that I get my des- what I deserve. If I'm a practicer of this, I get what I deserve. And it is not the pearly gates. I can promise you that. James 4, 6 says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And this, like, literally lists up here. Arrogant, proud, boastful. Like, you don't get grace if you remain proud, boastful, arrogant. Like, I need grace, and so that must mean God humble me. What does it mean to humble yourself? You have got to realize that you're a sinner. That's the very first thing you got to do. Okay, God. And maybe you're sitting here like, well, Zach, I'm not a sinner. Well, somebody is. Okay, I'll preach to myself. And I say this a lot. Like 90% of what I preach is to me (laughs) because I need God's word to change my life. So repent and turn away from the ministry of Satan in your life because what he wants to do is what? Steal, kill, and destroy. If he can divide the church, that's what he'll do. That's I said right. this at Bible study on Tuesday night. Satan is not anti-religion. He is very much religion. He is very much for the, 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 the creation and inventor of religion. Because if he can come up with some new ways and twist the word of God just a little bit, then he can mess you up and you start right. eating of the tree of the knowledge of the good and evil. Just like what happened with, with, with Eve. He twisted the word of God just a little bit. If he can twist the word just a little bit, we can be deceived. Yeah. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Amen. Like it's another scripture in the Bible. Like you need God's Amen. word. Because Amen. when Satan comes in, mm-hmm. and he will, he'll begin to tempt mm-hmm. you, he'll begin mm-hmm. to distract you, he, he'll, he'll try and he'll try and sway you this way or that way. You've got to unleash the sword. That's right. Amen. So I'm already working on the next series, I'm gonna tell you what it is. This is like a good plug for it. <laughs> tools of the trade. I'm excited about it. It's going to be so much fun, I promise you. I've been like thinking about it for a while, and I'm excited because here we go. We can read about all of God's goodness, but I need to put God's word to action, okay? So part of being a Christian, one, is reading his word. Two, putting it to action in our lives. Now this next part right here, this is important. Jesus models the rejection of Satan masterfully for us. So to me, this is the master class for resisting temptation. And it's such a good story because it just really shows how dumb Satan is. And, and, and I, hope you, I hope you're kind of grasping what I'm saying here. Ministry of the Spirit is God working in us. And, and, and God does not work in us if I am an enemy of him. So I need to humble myself. God, I want want you to operate in me, through me. God, I want you to change me. Make me what you want me to be, who you want me to be. We find purpose in the work of God. We find fulfillment in the work of God. I, I truly believe this. Every Christian should desire to teach the Bible. And maybe the first thing when I say that, you're like, well, I, I must not be a Christian in your word then. I'm, I have no desire to teach someone else the Bible. <laughs> I don't even know what you were talking about earlier with that, with that one guy, Jeroboam. <laughs> I'm not saying you have to know every story in the Bible to teach the Bible. Like, you can teach the Bible like, just by opening it up sometimes and reading it and talking about it with someone. Plus, if, you like, if you're like, I want to teach the Bible, I've got Bible studies that you can teach someone. Like, it's like all, like, you could read it word for word if you want to, or you can make it a little bit of your own. Personalize it. Make it less boring. <laughs> so fun when someone just reads over and over. But when you minister to someone else, it ministers to you. Yes, it's true. If I was going to preach on that, I would use that very first story that I put on that list, the widow's oil, because, man, it's a powerful story mm-hmm. of how God makes provision for his people. And as I pour, I see God pour back into me. Amen. So let's begin this right here. Let's start this master class of resisting that work of the flesh. Because Satan comes to minister to Jesus. But he ministers to his flesh. In Matthew chapter 4, 1 through 4, it says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. I like that it, it lets you know that Jesus was hungry. Like after fasting, you know, like five hours, I'm hungry. So <laughs> I have these times when I, when I get hungry and I'm like, how, how many of you have fasted before? Like just no shame or anything. Okay. How many of you like, you know, like an hour into your fast, you get to work and they're like, hey, there's donuts in the break room. And you're like, or the day you're like, you know what, God, I'm a fast today. You get there and they're like, hey, we've got lunch. Yes. Y'all don't ever do this any other time. Why is it the day that I picked a fast? The devil's like, I know you're hungry. Why don't you turn this stone into bread? Why don't you just go out? Look, I even made it bread for you. Like, I'm like, come on, really? I do want a free sandwich. Well, I'll tell you what, those days, sometimes it's really hard to keep on with the fast. Well, Lord, I think you provided for me, right? Like this is, this is like the Elijah story, right? Where like he was sitting on the tree and here's a sandwich, <laughs> right? Oh, I've been hungry too. So it's a good thing here. So the tempter comes to him, verse three. The tempter comes to him, came to him and said, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Now this next part is really key. Like it's the first two words that you should highlight in your Bible. Go ahead and put up the next one. Here we go. He answered. Jesus answered. That means he used his words, right? Like you tell your kids, right? Use your words. Right? Like, no, maybe you don't. You're like, maybe you tell them to stop using their words. <laughs> 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 Jesus answered, It is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. So let's break this down just a little bit. He was hungry. And I bet eating would have felt good, right? Like when you're hungry, like eating kind of like makes you feel good. It definitely makes me feel good. You can ask my wife when I'm hungry. (laughs) I'm hangry. (laughs) And so he was hungry and I bet it would have felt good. But Jesus did not just sit there in silence. Think about it. I'm going to borrow a chair. Let me take this out of the way. How many of us do this right here? When thoughts come into our head, we don't say anything. We sit there and we think about those things. We dwell on the thoughts. If What if Jesus, like, like Jesus was perfect, so Jesus didn't do this, but if it was me, I would sit there and I would dwell on the thought. Yeah. So you know your temptations, right? The temptation comes and you're like by yourself and you got your cell phone and whatever and like you're like, thinking about things and then like you find yourself like all of a sudden you're like oh my word how did this end up on my phone because you sat there and kept thinking about it and so now you're 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 in the act of doing it and now you feel terrible you're like oh my god i've sinned god forgive me why do i keep going back to this because we're not doing what we're supposed to do jesus answered right so i have to unleash the sword that god has given me but if i never unleash it it just stays in the holster. And I just keep thinking about the temptation that's in my head. So what am I doing? I'm ministering to my flesh. I open up the sword. Good word. Now I've got a weapon to reject the enemy. Hallelujah. So he unleashed the sword and the Lord spoke the word. So there's a key there. We've got to speak when temptation comes. We'll talk about what it looks like here in just a moment. But Verses 5 through 7, says, Then the devil, the devil took him up to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Amen. Like, what are you even What are you even doing, Satan? Like Jesus had a purpose in this. He could have shown it all. Like everybody like, look, look who I am. He could have done that, but he didn't. Satan being the dummy he was continues to tempt Jesus. Like, I mean, come on, man. So just like so you know who the enemy is, you have gotta recognize his stupidity throughout the Bible, okay? Right. Like all the things that he does, like we've come talked on. about the the soldiers that like began to kill each other because they were like, oh my, like, oh, the, the enemy's so big and they start killing each other, like, what? The, how about the like I didn't even tell you this one, Jonathan and his armor bearer? He like comes up to the he comes up to the thing and he's like, if they tell us to come up, it means the Lord has given us a th- given us the place. And and so he gets up. He gets up there and David and his, or Jonathan, his armor bearer, he's like, he gets up there and he shows himself to the Philistines. The Philistines are like, come on up, we'll show you a thing. And he's like, the Lord's given us, we're going to go show them a thing. Right. Like there's some That's stories right. in the Bible that are just like, yeah, I'm victorious. <laughs> greater is he that is in me, than he is in the world. And then I find myself right here in my thoughts. I'm like, greater is he that is in me, than he is in the world. I can speak it. And then all of a sudden temptation comes in. And I feel unworthy to speak it. Why is that? Why do we just, why do we and we our thoughts just become like overwhelming? All right. Verse 8, that's where we're at now. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdom of the world and their splendor. Now, this was kind of really comical, I think. All this. I will give to you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. What'd you say, Satan? Like, Like, hold up, hold up, hold up. He's like, takes Jesus up here. Jesus, all these things that are yours, all that you have created, I will give to you if you just bow down and worship me. So hold, 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 up, hold up hold up hold up what <laughs> like do you hear the words coming out of your mouth? your mouth like i would have been way meaner like but here it is again jesus said to him get away from me satan for it is written worship the lord your god and serve him only Jesus quotes yeah. scriptures from the Bible that have been written down. The Old Testament scriptures, Jesus is quoting them and he's saying, get behind me, Satan. Like, you don't, you know, I will only, you can't worship, you can't, I will not bow down and worship you. There's only one Lord that we're going to worship. Amen. And I certainly ain't going to bow down and worship you. <laughs> Matter of fact, in Revelations, I'm just going to slip it in there and at that name, every knee shall bow. All things in heaven and on things on the earth oh come on like we're victorious when you read the bible i, I want to be associated with the team that wins that's right that's right? right how about this how about okay you ever like dodgeball you ever play dodgeball in high school okay there's a few of you who played dodgeball like you knew you be standing up on the other team and I was never the first kid picked, okay? They're like, no, we don't want the fat kid. (laughs) Like, no, don't pick, he'll be the last one picked and I'm just like the one who gets automatically put. Like, I wasn't even, you know, like the one that they like picked before that. I was the one that just like gets put on the other team. You know, that was me, okay? (laughs) Like, that was the guy that I was, I'm like, yay. Oh, great, team sports. Well, everybody knows I'm not getting picked. (laughs) Here's the thing is, God picked you. To be on his team. And Satan is the guy at the very end. But a lot of times we're like, oh, yeah, okay, I'll just keep doing what, you know, makes me feel good. And so I'm choosing to be on the losing team. Like, I want to be on the team that's stacked. Like, you, know, you hear the kids be like, oh, their team's stacked. That's not fair. They got all the football team on that team. Like, yeah, I, I, I mean, that was me. Like, I always felt like it was unfair because I never ended up on the good team. You know, for whatever reason. (laughs) Like, you want to be on the good team, you got to be good. (laughs) Here I was, not good (laughs) at anything. (laughs) Nervous, homeschooled kid. (laughs) Giggling at everything. High school was a nightmare. <laughs> and now here I am working in a high school, I like guess a you know, as a as a counselor. Lord, I feel the pain of these children. Like I'll resonate with you. it was be so bad, man. Let me tell you some stories. <laughs> I don't get laughs for dodgeball anymore, though. I'm more like, you know, somewhere in there, you know, fifth or sixth, but <laughs> I'm not the number one pick, but I'm in the I'm not the last guy anymore. <laughs> oh the kids would pick me (laughs) okay okay get serious (laughs) Uh, at this point satan's looking pretty desperate right he's like i'll just do this and and, and, like this is why you can't just take a scripture out of context if you ever have a calendar that you know is giving you an encouraging word of the day and 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 matthew chapter four comes up and verse uh uh nine know that it's not an encouraging scripture for you to be like oh yes I'll get everything if I just got down and worship you. Yes, Lord, I'm going to pray that. That is not a scripture for you to pray, okay? That was Satan, like <laughs> Satan's words, okay? Don't, don't get into that. I, there was a calendar one time. It's funny. It could be encouraging, I guess, if it wasn't Satan, if you knew who said it. <laughs> My important context is important in the Bible. <laughs> so Satan's looking pretty desperate at this time. And we see again here a third time, an audible voice and the resistance of Satan. What's so cool about this is we see this later on in the New Testament actually being practiced. i got to go to James chapter 4 again for this. And it's uh, James chapter 4, 7 through 8. It says, therefore, submit to God. First thing you've got to do, <coughs> submit yourself to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. I cannot resist the devil if I have not first submitted myself to God. It's going to be a struggle I will not be successful. Now this next part right here, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Wait, right? Cleanse your hands, sinners. Purify your hearts. You double-minded? Like, come on, I've been double-minded before. I'm double-minded some days. Look, Lord, I need you to purify my heart again. (laughs) This is a good prayer for you to pray. God, help me to cleanse. God, please cleanse me. Cleanse my hands, God. Purify my heart. God, don't don't let my thoughts get out there again and Here's the thing is we get those thoughts. They start raining in us. And maybe the first time we're like, I rebuke you, Satan. In Jesus' name. Get behind me. Mm -hmm. We're like, yeah, I feel good. And move on. Ten minutes later, I come back and I sit down again. That took some effort because a lot of times, like when you say that, you're like nervous for whatever reason. Maybe you're not. Sometimes I get nervous. I'm like, oh I hope nobody hears me. Mm not care but i'm like here we are and i'm back at it again and for whatever reason the second time comes are you strong enough to make it through three temptations in a row i struggle i struggle jesus here he does the same thing three times in a row he's giving you a model like sometimes yeah you resist the devil and he's like oh yeah okay let me reevaluate he knows your weakness he saw you when you were out being crazy in the world. He knows what your weakness is. Right. You've spoken it so many times. He's going to mess with your mind. He's going to mm-hmm. slip those thoughts in there and try and destroy you because his job is to kill, steal, and destroy. That's right. So mm-hmm. what should I do? Well, i got to do what Jesus did. i got to do it over and over again. Now, verse 11 of Matthew 4 says, Then the devil left him. And the angels came and attended him. Resisting the temptation allows my spirit to be ministered to because I didn't give way to the flesh. So if I can resist, if I can not Jesus, let me say that again, let me clarify. If I can resist Satan, then Jesus can minister to my spirit. Because what did it say? It says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. That's right. I need. To draw near to God. In that moment of temptation, draw near to God. Resist yes. the devil. And here in a moment, yeah, you'll get through those temptations. You'll fight. If you will unleash the word of God, you will make it. I promise you, those are the days I feel the most confident and the best when I don't give way to temptation. That's right. I feel yeah. weak. I feel like I'm not unworthy when I give way to the temptation. Y'all have been tempted before, right? Like I'm not just like talking to a bunch of people that are like, I don't know what temptation is. Weak Christian up there. <laughs> weak come on you haven't been tempted and given into temptation oh, yes. i've messed up so many times mm-hmm. but i know this that like jesus modeled it for me if i can make it through three if i can just there make it go. through the three like i've got this mm-hmm. i it may take you maybe three four times but i know that if i can hold on if i can keep resisting yes, yes i win but not only do i win my spirit gets strengthened all right, it's almost like James was writing and saying, "Hey, look, Jesus did it. This is how we should do it, too." Like James was also Jesus' brother, like, kind of cool, right? Like James was like, "Hey, <laughs> draw near to God. He'll draw near to you." Just like the angels come to minister to Jesus in this moment, if you will hit the spiritual gym and get out of the uh, drive-through of temptation, God's Spirit will strengthen you. Look How many of you like? Okay, New Year's resolution comes and you're like, "I'm gonna lose weight this year." Lofty goal, right? Like, <laughs> lofty goal. Like, I lost a pound. I'm gonna celebrate. <laughs> yeah, I've, yeah, I've been that guy. <laughs> I lose. I lost five pounds. Yeah, I'm gonna go eat a cheeseburger. Didn't <laughs> that guy multiple times, over and over again? <laughs> a rebounder (laughs) so just like the angel comes to minister to jesus i've got to hit the spiritual gym because it's going to be real hard if i don't fight i don't practice uh romans or no first corinthians we read it a couple weeks ago in in bible study and we talked about how um we're to run with the uh, we're supposed to run in the race as the one who is to receive the prize and he's like like you know second place isn't like winning the prize He's like, you're gonna run like you're gonna run first place. Like, don't run with the intentions of coming in third or fourth. Like, run with the intentions of coming in first. So, what does that mean? You've gotta train like you're gonna be number one. What does that mean in my Christian walk? I've got to train like the battle that's going to come. Because as you grow in Him, I promise you, Betty said it today, it's so true, you are gonna get a target. They'd be like, oh, I don't like that. <laughs> They're actually making progress and moving away from me and we need to draw them back in. How can I tempt them back to this side? I don't want to lose my valuable player. What's so sad is so many times we don't see value in ourselves, and the enemy sees so much value in you. Like, just think about if I could just, like, this sounds terrible, but if I could just view myself the way the enemy views me, like, I'd be pretty valuable. But Sometimes I just tear myself up. Oh, I'm unuseful. I could never be used of God. Well, if I go and hit the gym when the enemy comes in, oh, I'm on the team that's stacked. So we're going to win this. I've got this. I'm going to quote some scriptures. But we struggle with that fortitude to resist sometimes even the one temptation. We go through two, three, and we've fallen and we've failed and we feel like we have failed God. Look, we mess up. I mess up on the regular. Nobody is perfect. The one that was perfect, they killed him. So don't expect yourself to be perfect. But know that his spirit is working perfectly in you. Know that he loves you and cares about you. When you fall, Because I'm not going to sell you a lie that tells you you're never going to fall, you're never going to get a bummed up knee, you're never going to get your your elbows scraped. I, I promise you that's probably going to happen. But when you do, get back up again. When you fail to the ministry of the flesh because the Satan, he's enticing, he knows those weaknesses in you and he will entice you, when you do fail, get back up again yes. and say, I can stand. I, I can because greater is he who's in me. Yes. God, forgive me for what I've done. I've messed yes. up. God, help yes. me to grow from this place and be changed. God, don't yes. let me go back to this. When you fail, turn away and pursue Jesus. Yes. It's time for the church to rally. The occasional fix is not good enough. That's right. I, I think I saw... Me and Joe talked about this the other day and I think I saw a video the other day about this and he was like, people in the church a lot of times use the preacher as a drug dealer. They're like looking for that fix. Like, I need my hit. And I I, I, haven't entertained the, the presence of God in three months. And then I'm like, wait, I'm gonna go to church on Sunday. I'm gonna get my fix. I get my hit and I feel good about myself and then I go right back the life I was living a fix is not going to fix you a little touch from God is not going to suffice if you go back to what you were God can break the bondage in 30 seconds but if you give way to it again and you go back to the ministry of that flesh you will find yourself you walk back into the jail cell willingly shut the door and put the bonds right back on your wrists We need to submit ourselves to God. We need to turn from our wicked ways and seek his face. Satan seeks to reach your flesh because he knows if I can just get their flesh, I get their soul. And God, on the other hand, is like, if they will just let me minister to their spirit, I have their soul. I need my spirit touched because we have wounded spirits that are in this place. You have some things that have happened in your life that have wounded you, and you feel unworthy of the gospel of Jesus. You feel unworthy and unloved and unvalued, but as he hung on the cross, he did it for you. As he hung there on Calvary, he said, I'm doing it for you. I'm doing it for Detroit Lakes. I'm doing it for Becker County. I'm doing it for Minnesota. They will reject me, but I still love them, and I just wanna minister To their soul, draw near to me so that I can draw near to you. One of the greatest examples of temptation is that our God would come and be tempted so that he could show us how to make it. Yeah, we'll fail. That's for sure. But the question is, will you get back up again? That's the choice you have to make. He's already saw your value. I don't want to be the same. I have to remind myself regularly that I have value and that God loves me and that God called me. It's very hard to be confident in your calling all the time. But pursue God and he will confirm the calling over and over and over again in your life. The enemy will try and attack you and will try and lie to you and tell you, no, that's not God. God doesn't want you to do that over and over and over again. But God loves you. God cares about you, and you have value in the kingdom of God. Every single person in this place today that hears this message, you have value. Stop believing the lie. Stop giving way to the temptation to believe that lie that says, oh, you don't have value. You don't belong on the stack team. You belong on this team over here that's already lost. Don't allow the enemy to steal your soul. Don't allow him to get a hold of the flesh. Give it all to God. I want to end this here, but I truly believe it. God loves you, and God cares about you, and I know in this place there are people who struggle with themselves. They struggle with the lies that you tell yourself, and I do the same thing, but I want you to hear the truth today that God loves you, that he cares about you. God's redeeming rescue is still in place today, redeeming and rescuing those people that will turn their lives to him, redeeming and rescuing those that have come to him, rejected him, and came back. He's still redeeming and rescuing those that fall and fail and mess up. He's still loving and reaching for people today. I don't know about you, but that's the team I want to be on. There's this song that we were in prayer last night that began to play, and it talks about how... um, This is how I fight my battles. And I thought about that for a moment. I don't fight my battles by just saying, this is how I fight my battles. When I envision that song, this is how I fight my, my hands are up, I'm worshiping God, I love him, I, I want to be endued with his power. But how many of us fight our battles in worry? in doubt, in fear, how about we quote the word of God, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. God help me to put on the helmet of salvation and wield the sword of the spirit. God help me, help me God to to fight. Help me to put on the breastplate of righteousness and have my feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. God God, help me to gird up my loins with truth. God help me God to, to, to memorize your word that's how you fight your battles God help me to be diligent in getting into my Bible and reading some scriptures how about this for example Psalms 146 says hallelujah my soul praise the Lord I will praise the Lord all my life I will sing to my God as long as I live do not trust in nobles in the son of man who cannot save when his breath leaves him he returns to the ground on that day his plans die." But listen to what he says here in verse five. It says, happy is the one whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord, his God, the maker of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them remain faithful forever, executing justice for the exploited and giving food to the hungry. The Lord frees prisoners. I know that there's some prisoners that need to be freed. And I preaching Jesus is here to set the captive free. It says the Lord opens the eyes And frustrates the ways of the wicked. I don't want to be on the loose. next to, go ahead and put your hand on their shoulder and just say, God, I pray for my brother, for my sister. God, I pray you would move. In Jesus' name, God, I pray you would move in this place. God, help us fight the battles that we face. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. remind us of your redemption god remind us of the way that you can rescue us when we're stuck in temptation god remind us of the model you gave us to follow god i pray you would touch my brothers and sisters god that you would move in this place today in jesus name in jesus name amen be sure you tell someone hello don't just rush away tell someone hello you're glad to see them